0: When I was talking about how we just don't listen to each other anymore, sometimes that parent's dynamic with the kids. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's that time again, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian Me, I am a licensed therapist. Brian has enjoyed the journey of therapy for years, and he has... A well, bumpy. I've <laughs>
1: enjoyed parts of it. <laughs>
0: You've gotten a lot out of it, oh, and, yeah. I, and I can certainly appreciate that. We wanted to put together a podcast of the different perspectives as being a therapist and also being a client, and also encourage people to seek out that help when they need it. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. A lot of times in our lives, we have people people who really would benefit from counseling, and we get very concerned about them. They're having some issues with their mental health, or they're having some sadness, they're having grief, maybe they're going through a lot of anxiety. I mean, that's very common right now in 2020. So we wanted to talk a little bit more in this episode about how to gently encourage people to step into the therapy world.
1: And as the mission statement of this podcast was Mm -hmm. to encourage people to go into therapy, I can't believe it took us 30 episodes to finally get around to
0: this <laughs> We've been tiptoeing, Brian, and I think that's part of it too. Is yeah. sometimes presenting it to people, you want to open it up. You don't want to have the hard sell coming right at them. Maybe sometimes it's good to show some different aspects and gently encourage them, which is what we'll talk about today. We've <laughs> been
1: easing you into a nice hot bath. And from the patient's perspective, yeah. let me say this, and I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with this, but sometimes you'll have somebody in your life who, let's just say, they have so many pounds on them, you get concerned about them and then you approach them and you say, I really think that you should lose some weight. And Mm -hmm. you can talk until you're blue in the face. You're not going to make a dent in this until that person decides that that is an issue that needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. You can't twist their arm into doing it. And as a matter of fact, sometimes it's almost like poking the bear a little bit. Mm -hmm. They might get upset. They might get very defensive. So that's not necessarily the way to approach somebody about losing weight. And I wouldn't say that that's necessarily the way to approach someone to say, hey, I think things are at a place for you Mm -hmm. where perhaps you need some help. Now, I have also been part of raising a child, and I can tell you that the way that you try to deal with that person Mm -hmm. is to make them think sometimes by finessing certain things that it's their idea. (laughs) I think that is the way in which you maybe need to, again, as you said, Courtney, we're kind of easing people into this very topic. That's how you have to approach it, with that person with whom you have a lot of concern and you only want to help, but there are right ways and wrong ways to approach it.
0: Right, there are. And that's the thing. I think really just always being respectful, coming at it from a place of love and concern rather than shaming the person or making them feel on the defensive. And I get that's what you're saying is that you don't want to come at it and be like, you need some help, getting very judgmental with people. But at the same time, I would say that sometimes I have said to people, it seems that maybe you should talk to someone, maybe that would be beneficial to you. Maybe therapy would be helpful. Now, maybe because I'm a therapist, people kind of expect that. I've had people say to me, I had one relative, it was so cute. She was like, I don't know if I believe in all that. And then she went, oh, I forgot, you're a therapist. (laughs) It's like she forgot in the conversation. I said, listen, I don't take it personal at all. I get it. Everybody's got different values. This can be really hard, particularly for people of certain generations. It might be hard for them to want to go talk to someone and open up. And so I really can appreciate that. And I just take it from that place." And I say, hey, what are your concerns about getting some help around this? And I try to open up that conversation. And I think that can be helpful, especially when we saw this article on how do you talk to your parents about going to therapy? It's really a sensitive issue. It's really difficult. So really coming at it from an understanding, empathetic place Well, is it's
1: even tougher on them because there is this generational thing where you never would admit that you were hurt, rub some yeah. dirt on it. Mm-hmm. You weren't considered to be masculine right. if you're trying to approach your database. About this admitting that you're weak and admitting that you need help mm-hmm. so that's an extra layer and i would say when it comes to something like that even when it comes to people who might be contemporaries of yours if it's somebody that's really close to you another way to frame it to deliver the message might be to say this Your frame of mind and your behavior and what I'm seeing from you is concerning me so much, it is starting to affect me. Mm -hmm. It is starting to affect my mental health. And if they suddenly realize that this isn't just an attack on them, this is something where their depression, their anxiety, whatever it is that Mm -hmm. is causing them problems is that rock that you're throwing into the pond, and there are ripples. It's not just about what's in the middle (laughs) where that rock landed. It's about everything that kind of comes from that. The wake behind a boat. It's not necessarily guilting them into going into therapy. It's perhaps opening their eyes to the fact that this isn't something that's just bringing them down. It's bringing their loved ones down as well.
0: And that's the thing. When you say that, I picture kind of widening the perspective because they may be just thinking, listen, I'm just going to deal with this on my own. I don't need help. And it's not affecting anybody but me. But in truth, anyone that we love, I mean, if they're having issues, it's affecting us and vice versa. So that is a really important piece, I think, to bring to them. and and people can use the feedback model as far as just saying hey listen this is what i'm concerned about this is my request is maybe you think about this this is the effect that it's having on me take ownership for what you're feeling instead of making them defensive or saying hey listen i'm concerned about you and this is how it's making me feel and i would love for you to just consider that and maybe like you said it can open up their mind to know that it's not just about them keeping the problems to themselves that it's actually affecting other people
1: and then there is this perhaps practicing what What you preach, because like you said, maybe there's an expectation because of what you do for a living that Mm -hmm. people are going to try to prod you into doing that. It becomes easier for me because I've been down that road and I can explain to people, this is how this has helped me in the past. And I really think that it could help you. A lot of times there are people who are reluctant to go into therapy because the thing that is at the root of their problem, subconsciously, they probably know what it is, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to have to face that demon. They don't want to have to look into that mirror, and that's why they are running scared from Mm -hmm. it. So if you are able to say, hey, this is what my therapeutic experience was. This is where I was getting tripped Mm -hmm. up. This is how we attacked it together. Make the person realize, too, this isn't just the situation where you're going in and you're pouring your heart out for a full hour without anybody trying to help you along the way and holding Mm -hmm. your hand. That's where you come in, Courtney, and that's where people need to realize that this is a 50-50 proposition. And that's what we try to demonstrate every week when we do this podcast, Mm -hmm. the give and take, the back and forth, the different perspectives. Where is the therapist coming from? Where is the patient coming from? Where is the middle ground?
0: And if I'm trying to help people in that way to talk to them about getting therapy and the benefits, yes, I can talk about it personally, what it's helped me to do. And also maybe if I've had clients that have been resistant and said, hey, listen, this is totally normal that you would feel this way. And I can give examples. And I love the fact... I'm. I mean, maybe I can call you up, Brian, and be like, hey, talk to Brian. He can tell you some good things. (laughs) I think that's the point, though, is that if you've had any experience in some kind of therapy or if you've been doing some reading on things and you can give some of that to the person and say, hey, listen, I know I was a little scared at first or I was a little resistant or I wasn't sure what that process was going to be like. Share your experiences with them and maybe it'll help to kind of soften them and open them up to therapy.
1: Well, that's another piece of the puzzle, too, because for as much as I am an advocate for therapy, I will tell you that I'm 50 years old now. I didn't start until my 30s and I could have benefited from it a lot earlier than that. But much like putting off maybe starting that diet, I'll do it on Monday, Mm -hmm. or maybe making that New Year's resolution that you're gonna go to the gym, and you're like, ah, I don't feel like it. (laughs) We've all been there. Yeah, we have all been there, and to be able to share that with people too, and say, look, much like you, at one point I was putting it off, and Mm -hmm. now I'm one of these people who says to myself, my God, if I'd only done it earlier, I could've saved myself so much in the way of anguish. I Mm -hmm. could've maybe gotten out ahead of some of the things that ended up being problems that didn't necessarily have to be those problems. Exactly.
0: You know what? Change is scary, Brian, exactly what you're saying. It's scary. We hold on to things. And even intellectually, we might think, oh, yeah, I want to deal with this issue. Emotionally, so much is attached to that, that it's scary to think about going into a space where you're going to change some things. You're going to change some ideas. You're going to change the way that you operate in your world. And it's scary. And it can shift relationships. It can shift things in your life. That being said, of course, it can also be an amazing process to help you get more of what you need but that's another thing to acknowledge I think when we're talking to people you had mentioned this earlier kind of temper our expectations and say this could be a process of talking to this person and saying hey gently giving them some suggestions or helping them to find a place for a therapy and just saying these are some options and then just leaving it there helping them to get used to the idea because it is scary we have to temper our expectation too just because we tell them like hey you should probably get some help or try to make some suggestions. It may take them a while. Just like you said, it took you a while to warm up to the idea of going to therapy.
1: And what the reluctant patient needs to realize is if you find the right therapist, it is going to be someone who comes to the place where you are at your speed. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be this thing where someone's going to be like,
0: All right, drill sergeant, you know, this is how these are the (laughs) ground
1: rules, right? You're going to set the agenda. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself in a situation where that isn't the case, you can always get out of that situation. You are not contractually bound. I bounced from therapist to therapist to therapist. Mm -hmm. It took me a while to find the right one. I could have just said, well, they're all nuts and (laughs) given up. But I just knew that I needed the help that much at that point. And that's kind of circling back to what I said about there was a time where I lost some weight because I was young. Mm -hmm. I was like 30 and my cholesterol was up. And I thought, well, that's not somewhere that I want to be Mm -hmm. at this age. And that was the wake up call. In some ways, you need that wake up call. The other element of being that reluctant participant, we have touched on this briefly in the past, Courtney, and I want you to reiterate what the approach should be here. If you're in a situation where you feel like, we need couples therapy, Mm -hmm. and I wanna go, but my partner does not wanna go, Oftentimes, that partner is afraid of going in there and being exposed right. for who he or she really is and feels as if the couple's therapy process is inevitably going to be the final nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm as if your partner hasn't already figured out everything about you and already knows what the problems are themselves. It's almost like you don't want to believe the hype about yourself. How do you finesse that situation with a couple like that?
0: It is. It's very tough really sitting with both of them and saying I'm going to listen to both sides and we're going to figure out what's going on here because people get defensive and they come in and they think oh you're just going to take the side of this person. I've heard that before like I don't want to go to couples therapy because the therapist takes the side of this one or that. Now just just like you had mentioned about the rapport, you need to have a good rapport with a therapist and have a good click. You need to have that too in couples counseling. So, having an agreement between the two people on the therapist, try different therapists out. If you're not clicking after a couple of sessions with one person, you absolutely should try someone else. You want to have both people honored in that so that you can find a place that one person's not thinking, Well, I'm just not going to speak because what's the point? Because the therapist always takes the other person's side. It's tough, but with good therapists, they can figure. Figure out ways to be able to balance that. And sometimes they'll pull one of them aside and have a separate session to talk about some concerns and try to figure out how they can meet in the middle with people.
1: And that's just the thing, too. When a couple goes in, one of them can't be defensive and the other one being open Mm -hmm. to it. I mean, both of you have to be open and you have to realize that it's not a competition. You talk about things being a war where you win certain battles and, hey, maybe there is one week where the therapist is more on your side. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's another week where they're on your significant other's side. Mm -hmm. But the reality is... You're all trying to fight this war and win it together. And just because you lose a battle, I can't even tell you how many times, and I'm sure you've already run into this, where after one or two sessions, the other person says, as you said, Mm -hmm. I can't take it. This person is making me feel like a jerk and that you're always right. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a terrible therapist. And either we get out of this and find somebody else or I'm not doing it anymore as with anything that is worth the effort, it takes patience. It takes time. You have to give it that time. Okay, look, if you're six months in, if you're three months in and you're not getting anywhere, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. You're two, three appointments in. Come on. What are your expectations? Exactly. And the flip side of that is by being honest and bringing it to
0: someone who is objective and can kind of hear all sides of the story. Sometimes you can make some really big breakthroughs and be like, wow, maybe you can actually listen to your partner for the first time and each other can listen to the other person. Because when you have that other person there who can, I don't want to say translate, but sometimes that's what I do. That's what I feel like I do. Because the two people have been talking to each other over and over and they have the same patterns. I say this, you say B, then I say C and you say D. That they're not even listening to each other. I can be the person who actually says, listen, let's stop. Do you hear what they're saying? And I can translate it in such a way that they go oh, and they start to get it. I think that can be like a really magical great place to be. Knowing that there can be conflict, there can be some really tough stuff in couples therapy, but there can also be some breakthroughs where you're like, wow, we're communicating differently. We're hearing each other for the first time because we're not just doing that same old routine together. So that can be an amazing thing to stay open for.
1: And what about this? What if the couple continues to hit the same brick walls? Mm -hmm. At any point, would you do this? Let's just say, hypothetically, we have Stacy and we have Jeff. Mm -hmm. Do you say, all right, time out next week, Jeff, I just want to see you alone. Stacy, the following week, I just want to see you alone. Right. And then that way, maybe it lets their guard down, where they don't feel like they're in this situation where it's a battle royale, right. where you are hearing them out completely without interruption, without mm-hmm. those patterns that are causing all of those problems. And
0: people have done that before. I know I have a lot of therapy friends who meet with couples, and they'll do that. Now, with the caveat of saying that if you are their couples therapist, then anything that is said to you has to be okay that it's open, because it's not ethical and it's too much to try to think you can keep this secret with this person and this confidentiality with this person. What I usually always recommend, and I've worked places too, that each person would have to have their own individual therapy, and then they can also have couples therapy. So that way there, if there's certain issues that come up, they have their own confidentiality with their own therapist that they can keep it separate. So there are options, I guess, is what I want to kind of reiterate here, is that there's options going forward. Because sometimes people, hey, it's like, wow, there's an issue coming up in couples therapy. But really, the driving force may be an individual's issue that needs to get resolved in order for the two people to work together well. So having your own individual therapy can be really helpful, too.
1: May I also add this, if it's not going well in any particular week, to try to distract everybody from the situation, I wouldn't recommend hitting on the therapist directly. That's probably not a good idea. (laughs) That's not going to end well for anybody. No, no, no. Let me ask you this, too, in terms of sticking the toe in the water. If you have somebody that you want to go to therapy who is very reluctant to go, Mm -hmm. how about this? I've been going to therapy to you for six months and I'm even telling you in the therapy session I really think that George should be here with me. You say to that person, how about we bring George in Mm -hmm. for one session and then that way you can address your issues with George and then maybe George gets a taste of what this is like and try to create an atmosphere and a dynamic where George would say to himself, well, that wasn't nearly as bad yeah. as I thought it was. And maybe I should be in here. Right, I've actually done
0: that with people. They'll say my boyfriend or my sibling or somebody in my family or a friend, they have brought people into therapy. And as long as they give me a heads up, like, okay, on this session, I'm going to bring this person in. And then what I do is I do a lot of education. I let them know what therapy is and what it isn't, what the expectation is. I just try to give them a good positive experience with it so that they have that in their mind as just another way of like, oh, wow, I can look at this a little... A bit differently so then they're not as apprehensive about the whole situation. I think that's a great thing to do. So if you're in therapy and there's someone in your life that you really think would benefit, check with your therapist and see if that would be something where you could have them in for a session or you could address something. I've also done that too. I would not be someone's therapist and their couple's therapist but what I would do is be their therapist and allow once in a while for their significant other to come in and we can work on something very specific like a communication issue or something like that. I've done that before and then referred them to further couples therapy.
1: Right. And you mentioned parents earlier too. That might be the way to get a parent into mm-hmm. therapy is to say, hey we're kind of getting stuck on something in my childhood here yeah. mom or dad. Could you come in so we could mm-hmm. have a conversation about it and then maybe open the door that way Yeah, and, and that's, see if that works. That's
0: another thing like when I was talking about how we just don't listen to each other anymore. Sometimes that parents dynamic with the kids. I'm sorry what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes morning talk show hosts, we say, <laughs> sometimes we just space out for a moment. But yeah, childhood issues, oh my gosh, and the communication and how you feel with my brother always got the attention or this didn't happen or that. And my mother doesn't think I'm the favorite or whatever. There's all of those dynamics. So it is interesting when they bring parents in. And it's also interesting, too, what you hear from one person is their truth. But then when you hear from the other person, it's like, oh, wow, we say there's his, hers, and then what's in the middle? What's the actual truth here? So I've been able to help bridge some of that. That too, to help them communicate better together.
1: And I think that speaks to how helpful that can be to the therapist. How many times have you been in the position where you've been dealing with somebody for months and months and months and mm-hmm. you're getting that side of the story and that narrative and maybe you're taking it hook, line, and yeah. sinker and then suddenly you introduce somebody else into the equation and you're like, like oh. whoa. Wait a-. It's almost like watching a movie and that third act starts yeah. where they throw you the curveball yeah. and you're just like oh my god everything that I believed about this person or maybe the- certain elements aren't true to that happen yeah
0: a lot. oh that does happen and it's really interesting when it does and you have to walk a very fine line on that yeah. because it really shifts perspective and I think that's actually a good example when you're watching a movie and all of a sudden things just twist and you're like whoa and you look at it from a whole different angle Kevin
1: Spacey's <laughs> <crazy>. <laughs> Oh, spoiler oh yeah, that, that was
0: such a great movie oh my gosh <laughs> but that's so true and you just have to be very careful on that line because then after that it's like hey, I just got some insight from what your mom had said, and maybe let's look at this from another perspective. That does happen a lot, actually. Courtney's <laughs> sitting there, Bruce
1: Willis, you've been dead all along? <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> no wonder why your insurance isn't going through. <laughs> Have you yourself ever found yourself in a situation where that second or third party came into a therapy session mm-hmm. with the distinct intention of trying to warm them up to therapy or are you resistant to that? Are you not somebody who's willing to be part of like a ruse to try to trick somebody into it?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I would never go the route of any kind of tricking. And I, would I ask make that sure. question
1: because there might be people who hear all of this and yeah, would get suspicious and that, they, that,
0: oh, they're trying to pull a fast one no. on me. No, yeah. For me, it's like if they want to bring someone in, I will always say, okay, then let them know that this is what it is, that I'm going to be here. I have had somebody, actually, I remember, try to do that. I'm just going to say, we're going to talk about such and such. And I'm like, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) This is not a reality TV show where I'm going to come in. But
1: you also don't mind if that's a potential side benefit. You're just not going to make that the driving force. Yeah, this
0: isn't going to be a thing where somebody's going to say, hey, come into session because we're going to talk about some issue that I have and really it's all about trying to get them into therapy. No, I will say, let's just bring them in and tell them that we're going to talk about therapy. We'll talk about that issue too but we have to have kind of a transparent open honest. I'm a therapist. No trickery.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for all of this advice because for years I've been trying to introduce a third girl into the bedroom my wife has been so resistant. Oh I really God, feel like Brian. you've helped me by leaps and bounds. Not that there's ever been a willing volunteer to be that girl, but hey, fingers crossed. Say, always be honest, Brian. Always be honest. <laughs> hey, it's the holidays. Can't daddy get a present like that? No, probably not. Hey, Courtney, uh, I hope that finally, 30 episodes in, we've accomplished what we set out to do. And we have maybe shed some light on a person who maybe didn't want to get into this whole thing yeah. or provided some advice for somebody in relation to how you can coax them into to that situation. Exactly.
0: And like I said, always just approach it with empathy, with love, letting them know that you're there to help them with the process and that they can take some time to think about it, but you're concerned and you just want to let them know the benefits.
1: And if somebody out there wants some more advice from you Mm -hmm. as to how they can maybe get this accomplished in terms of getting a relative or a friend in there who needs the help, Mm -hmm. how do they get in touch with you, Courtney?
0: You can email me, wellness at wctk.com. And also remember during our morning radio show on Wednesdays, Wellness Wednesday, we do a segment on mental health. You can also go to CatCountry.com, the Wellness Wednesday page for the episodes, and to get a lot of resources to help you to actually help other people for getting into therapy.
1: And of course, you can find us on socials at Cat Country Mornings all over the place. We also have our own personal pages. I am Brian Mulhern. I'm also at Brian Cat Country. If you would like to be that second woman, you can DM me. I do not have that yet. I'm just kidding, of course. How are you, though, Brian? I don't know. Well, I mean, if I see it, I'm not going to delete it, and not read it. <laughs> You can also find Courtney, Courtney Kelly, yeah. Courtney Kelly, but she's not looking just... for that third. She's got her hands full with that husband. Yes, I do. But you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. Lipson. We're all over the place. And much like we try to convince you to convince other people to get into therapy. Mm-hmm. How about convincing those same people to listen to Coping yes! on the Couch with Courtney and Brian? Share the love. Would it kill you to do that? Huh? How about you make that your New Year's resolution for 2021? So that's episode 30. One more to go. Yeah. Yes. For the horrible year that has been 2020. <laughs> wrap up 2020. Let's hope we can put a nice shiny bow on that one. In the meantime, thanks for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. We'll see you next time. See you next time. I want to talk about me.